happy Thanksgiving Eve, everyone. Tonight will be the biggest drinking night of the year because people are in from out of town. They know they're gonna spend four or five days with their relatives. Uh, people are, a lot of people are getting a four-day weekend, so hey, let's go out and get drunk. And if you're going to go out and get drunk, please get uh, a taxi, a Lyft, or an Uber, uh, something like that. Uh, the last Thanksgiving Eve I, that I Ubered, uh, last year there really wasn't one because of the pandemic. Last time I really went out and Ubered a lot on Thanksgiving Eve, there was... Um, of a major fatal accident where uh, a man and his and its daughter drove at a high rate of speed between 80 and 100 miles an hour into a tree and there was another fatality where um, a high school football coach uh, decided to jump out in front of a moving car uh, both on roads that I travel quite a bit. So, uh, thank the Lord I was not involved in either of those. But, uh, let's not get into that. Let's keep this as <laughs> upbeat as possible. Because, heaven knows, the liberals want to beat you down over the next uh, few days. Um, you know, they're... There are memes, and I'm sure I'm going to see some from some of my friends, uh, posts on social media. And uh, I've done this little rant or spiel, either off the top of my head or with a little research. Uh, ever since, like, blogging was the thing, when you just typed your stupid opinion on the internet, um... And now I do a podcast, and sometimes with my podcasting partner, and sometimes alone. But anyhow, <clears throat> the the new school of thinking on Thanksgiving is that, uh, well, a, a meme that the uh, terrorist in Wakasha, Wisconsin. Pretty sure I'm saying that wrong, but the domestic terrorist who drove his car into a parade, uh, he put up a meme that I've seen, not the land of the free and the home of the brave, the land of the stolen and built by the slave. Um, Not the case, but this is what kids are being taught in school. This is what we have pushed down our throats Uh, the price of Thanksgiving dinner is up from years past thanks to Biden inflation and is it Good Morning America no, or is it the Today Show on NBC they had ideas for saving money on Thanksgiving uh, and the one one idea was forego the turkey uh, and go with a, a cover dish and 
uh, casserole buffet and that might even cause a few people to drop off the guest list and that'll save you even more money it's like man anything the tradition in America and we bring so many cultures together in this country and create our own traditions and everyone comes together and they're just being picked and picked and picked away and what got me started on this 21 years ago maybe uh, the resident advisor in my dorm hall at Kent State on the main, uh, I probably don't even have them now, um, not, it's not a billboard, I don't know, they, these, those cork boards they used to hang on walls and you'd pin flyers and notes to them, well it was her month to decorate the bulletin board that's what I was trying to say and she put up thanks for giving what and then there were all these negative things about America and what uh, supposedly happened true true or not uh, it's the liberal left-wing opinion of our history and our holidays so Let's delve into this a little bit. The pilgrims came on a religious mission, okay? Period, point blank. They were financed by London stock traders, okay? So, on the the Mayflower, out of the 102 passengers... There were actually 41 pilgrims, and the rest were traders, craftsmen, and businessmen, so that the financiers back in London could recoup their money. The Mayflower Compact, which I was being taught in college, was a financial compact and not a religious one like I'd been taught my whole life before that. It really was a religious compact. Uh, It was made to establish law and order, something else we've lost track of in America, but it was law and order by faith, not a business contract. There was a separate contract between the pilgrims and the stock traders, true, that established, you know, you will repay us through uh, the labor and the the timber was a big thing. There was a big timber shortage in England, I think, at the time. And here's this new world with tons of trees. Um, So, one of the things I found while I was doing some research, and I was on history.com, and then I found a dissertation by Jennifer A.G. Jones. Uh, She wrote at William and Mary in 1994. Or 1994. Uh, Anyhow, uh, after the first winter, it was so hard. Remember, we hear how it was a harsh winter 
and I think like 70% of the Mayflower passengers passed away. Only four women survived. And that's something I'll bring up later. But that got me thinking, who did the men marry? Who did they intermix with? Uh, at, over time, yeah, more settlers came from uh, England and Europe to settle. But uh, as early as 1622, the uh, British and French and whoever else came in were marrying uh, Native American women. We'll get into that later, but it's just a tidbit for you. Only four women survived the first year at the uh, Plymouth Rock at Plymouth, Massachusetts. So let's look into this from history.com, website of the History Channel. 100, of the 102 passengers of the Mayflower, 50 were men, 19 women. Four, remember, only four women were left after that first uh, year. 33 young adults and children. Just 41 were true pilgrims, religious separatists seeking freedom from the Church of England. So you figure of that 102, uh, what is that? 59. So about 60 or so were crew members of the ship, the captain, Miles Standish. Then you had your craftsmen, your traders, your businessmen, and that. 41 true pilgrims. Others were considered common folk, included merchants, craftsmen, indentured servants, and orphaned children. The pilgrims called them strangers uh, because they weren't part of their religious uh, group. Seeking the right to worship as they wished, the pilgrims signed a contract with the Virginia Company to settle the land near the Hudson River, which was part of Northern Virginia. The Virginia Company was a trading company chartered by King James I with the goal of colonizing parts of the eastern coast of the New World. They didn't even have a new a name for this uh, country yet. This, it was called, still called the New World. And um, of course, there was the colony of Virginia. Uh, there was the Jamestown disastrous colony, and things like that. But for the most part, it was just considered the New World. So. With the goal of colonizing parts of the eastern coast of the New World, London stockholders financed the Pilgrim's Voyage with the understanding they'd be repaid in profits from the new settlement. So there was a, a business venture aspect to it, okay? 
So what was the Mayflower Compact? The Pilgrim leaders wanted to quell rebellion before it took hold. After all, establishing a new world colony was difficult enough without dissent in the ranks. The Pilgrims knew they needed as many productive, law-abiding souls as possible to make the colony successful. With that in mind, they set out to create a temporary set of laws for ruling themselves per majority agreement. So, when they wanted new laws, the majority of people had to agree to these laws and rules and so on and so forth. So you start start having the beginnings of democracy there in the new world. On November 11, 1620, 41 adult male colonists, including two indentured servants, signed the Mayflower Compact, although it wasn't called that at the time. So, the text of the Mayflower Compact. The full text of the Mayflower Compact is as follows. In the name of God, amen. We whose names are underwritten, the loyal subjects of our, of our dread sovereign Lord King James, by the grace of God, of the great Britain, France and Ireland, King, Defender of Faith, etc., have undertaken for the glory of God and advancement of the Christian faith, the honor of our King and country, a voyage to plant the first colony in the northern parts of Virginia. Do by these presents solemnly and mutually swear solemnly and mutually in the presence of God and one another covenant and combine ourselves together into a civil body politic for the better of ordering and preservation and furtherance of the ends aforesaid and by the virtue hereof an act constitute and frame such just and equal laws, ordinances, acts, constitutions, and offices from time to time as shall be thought most meet and convenient for the general good of the colony unto which we promise all due submission and obedience. And the witness thereof we have hereunto subscribed our names at Cape Cod the 11th November the year of the reign of sovereign lord king james of england france and ireland the 18th and of scotland the 1514 the 154th 1620 so it goes on to say no one exactly knows what happened to the original Mayflower Compact except the accepted translation is found in William Bradford's journal 
of Plymouth Plantation in which he wrote about his experiences as a colonist. So that's where you get the idea for the origin the idea of what was in the Mayflower Compact. It doesn't talk a lot about business there. It talks about a body of politic, it talks about God and faith and the furtherment of Christianity. Uh, at the time that the Church of England as it was known uh, was very corrupt. Uh, if you, you sinned in some way or instead of asking forgiveness in Jesus' name or uh, however, whenever, whatever, instead of asking for forgiveness in Jesus' name, uh, you paid the priest. I don't know what the, the amount was, a shekel, a silver dollar, whatever. But that's how you got forgiven. And the, the priest and the clergy were very corrupt. Uh, and you had to worship and go to church in accordance with the law of King James which is where the King James Bible comes from. But nonetheless, uh, we understand that you don't worship God in accordance with a king. You worship God in accordance with his word. And that's what these pilgrims were trying to get back to, was uh, a relationship with God, a religion based on faith in Christ, a religion, uh, I mean, Christianity is more than a religion to me and was to the pilgrims, it was a, it is a relationship with the, with the Lord God through his son Jesus Christ, okay? And that's what they were trying to get back to. They did not come here with the intention of raping, pillaging, killing, you know, running the Native Americans off their land. In fact, they worked with them harmoniously. We'll see that here in a second when I talk about the first Thanksgiving. Some of the fibs and fairy tales were told about that. Uh, there is no uh, dinner menu, no uh, nothing written down as to what was served and eaten. We know it was a multi-day festival of worship. They even mentioned that uh, in this History Channel piece. It was... celebrating some say there was alcohol involved um, and really alcohol didn't come taboo in religion or any circles until like the 1920s in the United States and that was kind of it <laughs> um, 
I have an uncle who's a Nazarene pastor. Nothing against the Nazarene church, just against my uncle. Uh, he thinks that the when Jesus turned water into wine, that the wine wasn't fermented. I don't care, Unc. Uh, <laughs> That's not. It didn't say Jesus got drunk. In fact, it doesn't even say that he drank the wine. It says he turned water into wine so his mother wouldn't be embarrassed at the wedding because they had run out of wine. But, yeah, alcohol was not taboo. In fact, it was one of the few clean ways of drinking water because there wasn't like water filtration and you couldn't count on every stream or creek or uh, uh, you couldn't drink salt water out of the ocean obviously you couldn't count on every lake to be pure water and drinkable anyhow let's not talk about alcohol let's get into the first Thanksgiving Governor William Bradford, another name I remember from my history books in elementary school, sent four men on a fouling mission in preparation for the three-day event. So already, you know, Thanksgiving wasn't just a, a one-day dinner. You know, now we celebrate it with uh, going out drinking, watching football games, Everybody goes out and parties the night before, pigs out the day of, eats leftovers and watches more football, or goes shopping Friday. So they, they lived it up and partied for multiple days at the first Thanksgiving. And um, since we don't use the word foul anymore to describe birds... That's what fowl are, wild birds. So when he said they sent the men on a fowling mission, it was uh, capture, shoot, kill, and bring back as many wild birds for the dinner as you can. Uh, it says, our, quote, our harvest being gotten in, our governor sent four men on, a foul, on fowling that so we might after a special manner rejoice together rejoice another religious term after we had gathered the fruits of our labor they for in one day killed as much fowl with a little help beside served the company most almost a week so even the first Thanksgiving, they ate leftovers for a week. See, everybody says, oh, Americans today, Americans today, we, we just eat and eat and eat. Oh, man, this is our history. It's our, it's our culture. Eat for days and party it up, man. Come on.
In on Plymouth Plantation. I had to hit my dog. She's licking herself somewhere. I don't want to listen to her lick. <laughs> on Plymouth Plantation, Bradford's famous account of the founding of the Plymouth Colony. He remarked the fall harvest that year. There was a great store of wild turkeys. So here's one of the things that they bring up today. Oh, there was no turkey at the first Thanksgiving. You don't have any documentation of what they ate specifically. But here, once we have a reference to, and this is this comes from their journals and their diaries and their, their biographies that they themselves wrote. Um, they talked about sending men out on a fowling mission to gather, uh, hunt as many wild bird as possible. They had lots of turkey. Uh, turkey was indeed plentiful in the region and common food. Oh, it also said they had venison, which is deer. So they, they even hunted and shot deer back then. Um <clears throat> Uh, it was common, uh, common source of food for both English settlers and Native Americans. At the first Thanksgiving, the colonists were likely outnumbered more than two to one by their Native American guests. Here's another lie that they're telling us nowadays. Oh, the, the, the pilgrims really didn't invite the Native Americans there. Uh, we think some Native Americans may have been gathered around, and uh, the settlers said, well, come on over, it, it's cool. No, they worked together. That's history. That's a true fact. The, the pilgrims needed the help of the Native Americans to make it through that first year. So they were rejoicing and giving thanks to God <clears throat> in conjunction with their non-Christian friends, the Native Americans. There were about 90 Native Americans. That's not a quinky-dink that 90 Native Americans showed up to this festival and they made sure they had enough food for everyone. Tell you, liberal rewritten history is a disgrace. Uh, Winslow writes, Many of the Indians coming amongst us and amongst the rest of their great king, Massa Sanadi, Sanadi, it's M A S S A S O I T, with some 90 men. So there were 90 Native Americans at the first Thanksgiving. The preceding winter had been harsh for the colonists. 78% of the women who traveled on the Mayflower had perished that winter, leaving around 50 colonists to tend, attend the first Thanksgiving. According to eyewitness accounts, among the pilgrims were 22 men, just four women, and over 25 children and teenagers. Uh, I bet those teenagers and children grew up real quick uh, after that first year. Uh, they, they certainly were out working, 
learning trades and craftsmanship as soon as possible to tend to the necessities of life and survival. So that got me wondering, all of these men, these angry white men who settled this country, how did, how, how did they, you know, man, men need some affection. We need some TLC, dog. Uh, we, need, we need some loving. So who did they marry? What did they do for female company? I'm like thinking to myself, they had to have intermarried and intermingled with the Indian women. That's the only women that were around. But no, our country is founded on white racist principles, according to today's liberals. Very, very interesting, don't you think? <clears throat> so, case in point, this uh, thesis uh, dissertation by Jennifer G. Jones at William and Mary University, 1994. Uh, she addresses this question. And in the abstract to her dissertation, she writes, The Indians who lived in and around the 17th century settlement of the French and English in North America provided potential marriage partners for the newcomers, particularly in the areas where early sex ratios were uneven, like the only four women to 22 men in uh, the Plymouth Colony. <clears throat> but while settlers may have had the opportunity, very few such unions took place in the colony era. Powerful psychological barriers prevented most Europeans from marrying Indians that the Indians were, quote, wild people and were, quote, wild, end quote, people, without the knowledge of Christianity, convinced many that marrying them was dangerous to one's soul. So, <clears throat> because of religious beliefs, um, this kept some men from marrying Native American women, but some did. Uh, it says, she goes on to say, other newcomers felt less constrained by cultural boundaries and easily shed the trappings of their culture to marry the native way. To colonial officials, such actions provided evidence that the wild land and its inhabitants were a temptation to those struggling to maintain godly communities on the frontier. Such renegades, the guys that married Native American women, is who they mean by renegades, served as a symbol of religious and cultural degradation 
that could ultimately undermine the colonial endeavors. Well, obviously it did not. But here we go. We have some men, white men, us evil white men folk, marrying Native American women because we need affection. We need TLC, tender love and care. We need to make babies. We feel the need to uh, sow our wild oats. But back then, it was not done until you were married for the most part. Of course, you had people that had sex before marriage. We're not childish here or naive. But you had intermarriages. She went on to say here, I'm only going to read two paragraphs and I'll link her dissertation. You can read it for yourself. Because intermarriage would have proven a means of assimilation between the two groups. So here we go. Remember, us racist white men are supposed to have hated, poisoned, massacred these Native Americans. That's why we left England. We didn't leave for religious freedom. We didn't leave to establish uh, new business, be, uh, get away from King James. We didn't leave for any of those reasons. Liberals tell you we left England to massacre these people. And in this lady's dissertation, she's saying that this intermarriage between Native Americans and uh, colonists pilgrims was a sign of cultural assimilation two cultures coming together what did I say in the beginning of this Thanksgiving is American tradition one of many and it's about assimilation before I even read this just now I haven't read this before and I said America Americana the American way is about people of different cultures races nationalities, religions assimilating to one another to make America great. Huh. Well, now you have something else to fight with that liberal aunt over at Thanksgiving. Tomorrow. A couple days from now. Whatever. Tomorrow. Let me read on here a couple more sentences. The attitudes that prevented Europeans from marrying the natives were the same attitudes that govern most interactions between the two peoples in the 17th century. The failure of the two groups to marry one another was one component of a larger failure to cohabitate peacefully in the 17th century North America. So we know that there were problems between the Native Americans and uh, the European settlers. They went on into the early 1900s. Um, So, was there always hatred though? No. Some people had the good sense to break from the pack and say, hey look, we want to intermarry. And I'm sure the Native Americans had their traditions too and maybe didn't want their women, whatever, pardon me, their women 
intermarrying with these white males. But some broke from those things. Was it, was it John Smith and Pocahontas? Whatever. Uh, you know, we all know that story. I don't know if it's a story or a fact, to be honest with you. But anyways, we all know that story. Uh, we, we know that whites and Native American women married. We know that the Native American tribes like Squanto, right, in the famed Charlie Brown Thanksgiving that you can't see on broadcast television. You can only see it on streaming or on PBS. Uh, it, it breaks this down. After the funny special, there's actually kind of a serious special that goes with it that tells the story of the pilgrims in the first year. <laughs> Leave it to a freaking cartoon to nail American history better than all these liberal professors at universities and colleges. Uh, but we did have intermingling. We did have people coming together. Now, she's going to probably contradict some of what I'm saying. It sounds by that last sentence that, you know, some of the traditions and religious beliefs and cultural beliefs uh, undermined the assimilation and integration of the two cultures. But nonetheless, there was an attempt, were attempts for assimilation. There were... <coughs> Native Americans invited to give thanks with the pilgrims at the first Thanksgiving. So, that's just a little different version of history. These are, or that's the true version of history, not what you're being taught in school now. Or maybe were taught in college like I was. Um, and I didn't believe a lot of the bullshit. And I think I still have a soft spot for Native Americans. I, know, I do know that they've been done wrong by our government. But are, is the wrongdoing a grand master plan by the white race, us evil white men, to wipe off the face of the earth, all of their cultures? Certainly not by this honky. Uh, frankly, I, I find other cultures and other races and religions uh, very interesting and very friendly with them. Um, the girl that I was getting personal training from uh, is a Lebanese descent Muslim. Uh, I know I'm only speaking for myself, but I think I'm speaking for a silent majority of you know, us evil white men. Uh, the most dangerous thing in America now, the angry white man, uh, is what CNN called us the other day. Uh, but the first Thanksgiving and every Thanksgiving is a day and a time for thanking God for the blessings that maybe the blessings that came out of hardship and for thanking those who helped you through hard times. Whether you realized it or not, in these next couple days, we should take time to give thanks. 
to one another, to our friends that have helped get us through this last year, uh, to God for getting us through this last year, and so on and so on, and amen and amen. Uh, I will link what I just read in the description on Rumble, and you can pick me apart if you'd like. Uh, I'm going to post this on my normal Facebook page for my friend and friend folk to read and ridicule and whatever. But, uh, man, let's just thank God this year. It's been a rough couple years in, in the world. Uh, and you know what I'm talking about, the virus, the COVID-19. I'm on Rumble, I can say it. Um, but the, when, the, when it started to hit the fan in 2020, I stood in this room and raised my hands to heaven and said, God, I declare victory over this in Jesus' name. I have not been sick. I've been around people when Dr. Fauci said, don't wear a mask. I was around 20, 30 people a day in a very enclosed space. Took my vitamins, took my minerals, got my, my flu shots, didn't get sick. Went and got my Fauci, Ouchy, Trump vaccine that doesn't work. Still haven't been sick. Praise God. So, and thanks for, to all the friends and family and loved ones who've loved me through the last year and all the years before this. That's what Thanksgiving's about. That's the true meaning of Thanksgiving. Thanks to the Lord upstairs. Thanks to your friends and family and those that helped you get through the hard times. Amen. God bless y'all. I love you. Talk to you next time on... Americana, the American way.